You're listening to God, Family, Politics with Dr. Tyra Hodge. Dr. Hodge is the author of five books. Her goal is to keep you pointed toward your destiny in Christ, to help keep your family strong, and to keep you up to date with current events. Join us as we dive in to today's topic. Dr. Hodge Hodge here again with Parenting Connections. I have an awesome show for you today. Today we're talking to Angela Alexander, and she has an amazing story that I need you to hear. Miss Alexander, welcome to the Parenting Connections show. Um, Tell us a little bit about yourself. My name is Angela Alexander. I'm born and raised in St. Louis, Missouri, and now I live in sunny California, seven out of eight children. Wow. Yes. Wow. So you say children, but you have a story about, give us a little history about, you were you were in the military, correct? Yes. I went to basic training, and when I came home from basic training, my sister and I actually went to the NCO club at Fort Lewis, Washington, and met my husband-to-be, Siri. Now, Siri, he was active in the Army, <laughs> so I'm Air Force. <laughs> so immediately we had our Army Air Force comparison oh jokes. That was it. <laughs> right? And we met, fell in love, and a year after we met, he received orders to Germany. Okay. So we actually were married in Denmark over in Europe. And a year after we got married, 24 years old, he woke up one morning and couldn't talk. Blood vessel had erupted in his brain. They evacuated us from Germany, sent us to Waltery Hospital in Washington, D.C., where he had an 18-hour brain surgery. Wow. And immediately when his brain aneurysm erupted, he could not read, he could not write, he could not talk, and no longer knew the alphabet. And matter of fact, in, while we stood in Germany, the doctor, they did, a, they did an angiogram, and the doctor looked at me, and he held my hand, and he said, this is the worst brain aneurysm I've seen in my whole military career. We don't have the people or the technology to handle this surgery in Germany. For your husband to even have a chance of survival, we need to go to Waltery back in the United States. And at that time, he was his brain was so traumatized that he said, in order for him to handle the flight, the altitude, and the distance back to the United States, he's going to have to stay at SICU for about two weeks just to calm him down. And in that time, he says, I don't know if your husband's going to make it. This was December 3rd. He says, but you'll probably be a widow by Christmas. This is how serious it is. And Tyra, to tell you, this was my back to Jesus moment. I said, God, if you save my husband, I will praise your name forever. I didn't have a clue what was before me. Because a lot of people have those 
oh God, if you do this, I'll do that. Right. And God comes through, then you forget about it. Hey, forget, forget about God. Like, forget about what? Forget about <laughs> <laughs> right? And I said, God, I'll praise your name forever. We went to Watery Hospital, and Dr. Claire was so scared that Sari wasn't going to make the flight. My husband's name is Sari. He wasn't going to make the flight that he got. He did not delegate because on the airbag air plane, they have doctors, they have nurses. He sat on that plane with his bag in hand, my husband on a gurney, monitoring every breath. He did not delegate that to anyone. Arrived at Watery Hospital, 18-hour brain surgery, in the hospital for eight long months. He had to learn how to do everything all over again. And they tried to prepare me. You know, they said if he wakes up, he could be paralyzed, he could have amnesia, or he can have a total person, total different personality. But one thing we know for sure is to never be the man you married last year. And I said, Dear Heavenly Father, you allow my husband to wake up. I know how to introduce myself. Hello, my name is Angela. We's married, okay? <laughs> We's married now. We's married now. Exactly. <laughs> Everything. Not about that. As as he wakes up, you know, with a, his same personality, good sense of humor, we can work through everything. So how was it? When when he came out of that 18-hour surgery, no matter what question they asked him, okay. what's your name? He says, I love you. You're beautiful. Give me kisses. No matter what you do, they ask him, what, do you know what day it is? Do you know what time it is? Do you know, you know, you know what year is it? Anything. He would only say, I love you. You're beautiful. And give me kisses. And I said, wow, where have you been the last 18 hours? I truly, I truly believe he was Jesus. I truly believe because he came out such harmonious, just filled with joy. I'm like, somebody make your head for 18 hours? Right. I mean, it was so tedious that there were three sets of doctors and they had to rotate, you know, procedures, you know, time. Like, you know, they were like two hours a piece and just rotated and had to come out and come back in, come out. 18 hours. And after eight months, girl, they gave him to me. <laughs> they retired him from the army. You're <laughs> your husband. Wow. Yes. yes. Okay, so you get married, you have this uh, traumatic event with your husband. Yes. Um, you know, not knowing what's going to happen next and finances. But you had kids. You mentioned having kids. Not at that time. Okay. Praise God, we didn't have any children at that, at that time. This was the second year of our marriage. So they retired him from the military. We moved back to Washington State where we met. Because um, I had family then, and I, and I, and I definitely needed help. And... Um, we had a daughter, we named Angela. My name was Angela. Her name was Angela. Just trying to keep it simple for him. Right. <laughs> yeah, I love you and you're beautiful. <laughs> Give me kisses. And, and then two years later, we had a son we named Maurice. And as uh, they were learning how to read and write, so he was too. <laughs> and he was always the head of the class. <laughs> so, um, and then when uh, Angela and Maurice turned about six or six and eight years old, something so drastically happened in my family that we moved away from Washington State. We moved to California. And we were so grateful that Siri not only survived this brain aneurysm, but his quality of life. So we decided to become a foster family. It's our way of giving back because, you know, we can say thank you, Jesus, all day long, and we did, but we wanted to do something tangible to show how God, how grateful we were. So we had a family meeting between the four of us, and Marie said, I want a little brother, I want a little brother. And Angela was like, my daughter, Angela was like, cool, because I don't want to show my room anyway. <laughs> can we be real? Yeah. Okay. And so we told, we went through, we became, we went to all the background checks, CPR, IRS, y'all, uh, 
background checks, all the, all that became certified, fingerprints, all that to be certified. And we told our social worker we wanted a little brother for our son Maurice. And she said, okay. However, God had another plan. She called back a couple of weeks later and said, I know you asked for a little girl, a little boy. We have a little girl named Angelina who needs a home in your uh, area. Uh, I know, Angelina, right? That's three Angelas. Exactly. <laughs> and, and, and we was like, okay, we was all joy. Except Maurice was like, well, she's okay, but she's a girl with my brother. I mean, he was relentless. He whispered in my ear, she's okay, she's a girl with my brother. And the social worker, you know, she got a long list of boys. You got a, you, you got a bed, she got a brother. <laughs> and she would come over and give us that look. And come over and give us that look the next week. My husband, I have you ever hid in your own house? We hiding from the social worker. Wow. <laughs> and then one day she came over and said, Roger, Roger, we couldn't wait to meet Roger. We wanted to know what his dreams are, what his desires are. We especially wanted him to know that he was wanting at home with us. And when Maurice heard this news, he ran into his room, cleaned it up, divided his space in half. He literally made room for his testimony. Wow. And he got his brother, Roger. And when they met each other, you couldn't even tell that they didn't know each other the day before. Truly brothers from a different mother, but our same Heavenly Father. Yes. So we went from two children to four children in like two months. Wow. Drastic change wow. in our household. Second, third, fourth, and fifth grade. Yes. So when we, when my husband and I went to Germany, I, 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 I was, I became inactive in the military because my unit wasn't over there. And so when we came back, my job was to help him. I took him to therapy three days a week, just to get him back on track. And so I was out of the military for about three years. And so when I came back, I re, I rejoined my unit. And as a reservist, we worked one week in a month or two weeks out of the year during peacetime. Okay. So. April 2000, I went to Japan on military duty, and while I was there, I was working with a group of people, and Lieutenant Mabechi came up to me and said, Alexander, I need to speak with you. Now, this is April Fool's weekend, so mentally, I thought, you know, some joke was coming right. up, and so he just started walking and talking about nothing, and we went to the door of this small office, and inside was a man who was introduced as a priest, and another lady from our unit, and the priest was nervously shaking, holding his paperwork from the Red Cross. He says, Angela. Your family has been in a car accident. But from the looks on their faces, I knew this was no April Fool's joke. The day before, my husband and four children was driving down the highway in California and a car cut them off. A truck hit the center divider and upon impact, they were all knocked unconscious. And then our truck went backwards across the highway and fell 25 feet below and landed upside down on top of two other parked vehicles with people inside those cars. Praise God our car fell on their engine and not the roof. So the people inside those vehicles, they're extremely shaken up, but they're okay. And then back in Japan, the priest said, Angela, your husband's serving. He's okay, but he's in the hospital. Your daughter Angela, she's okay, but she's in the hospital. And, and after that fall? Wow. Because wow. because because when the police came, the firefighters, ambulance, jaws of life, and they came up to the 
sat and they saw a dog, they saw a father and four children. They ran up to my daughter, Angela, who was in and out of consciousness. They said, where's your mother, where's your mother? Well, she looked at the officer all day and said, my mom is in Japan. Well, the officer just thought she just hit her head way too hard and was delivered, did not believe a single word she said. So, and my husband, immediately his speech was gone. All those years of speech therapy, occupational therapy, and physical therapy was gone instantaneously. And so they just assumed he was on drugs and or alcohol. Right. And then my daughter said, no, 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 my, my mom was in Japan, and my father, he had a brain aneurysm. Well, they didn't believe a single word she said, because she lost her credibility a long time ago. But they she just, said, like, really I hit their head. Right, 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 right. And my husband knew where I was at, but due to his speech, gone instantaneously. He couldn't speak. Everything was like day one. All the all that therapy was gone, and so he couldn't tell them where I was, and so they did a they did a worldwide search through the military, the social security number, and found me. And the the the, the priest said, "Your husband's serving. He's okay. He's in the hospital." Your daughter Angela, she's okay, but she's in the hospital. Your daughter Angelina, she's okay, but she's in the hospital. With your two eight-year-old sons, Maurice and Roger, they didn't make it. And instantly, as if no one else was in that room but God and me, I recall a prayer my children said before going to bed. Now I lay me down to sleep. I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. And I don't know, maybe because I need to hear from my son so badly, I felt in my heart as if I heard them say, No, mommy, that priest is wrong. We prayed the Lord our soul to take. Oh, we wow. did make it. We're here with Jesus. I'm telling you, God was sending your sister so much love and so much peace. There was no room for pain. The people in the room were watching and waiting for my world to turn upside down. And instead they witnessed my world still in alignment with the one we call our Heavenly Father. Yes. Our Prince of Peace, our Comforter and our Provider, the Almighty Something happened. God. You found something that brought comfort and actually confirmed um, some stability in your faith in the Father. What, what happened? Yes. The next day I was on that 10 hour plus plane ride plus back to the United States, LA. And on that plane ride home, I almost sat straight up in my seat as I recalled this letter Maurice had written about a month before the car crash. Now he was eight years old in the third grade. He had a math test at school, finished early, received his A. Now he had to be quiet while his classmates completed their test. And in that quiet time, he wrote this letter to me and my husband. Now, girl, he had never written us a letter before, so this is not one of many or any. And he ran in the house from school that afternoon, and he shouted, Mommy, Mommy, Daddy, Daddy, I wrote your letter, I wrote your letter. I said, look, where, where are you going? And he says, nowhere, Mommy, I just love you. And the three of us sat at the foot of our bed and read his letter aloud. And it reads, Dear Mom and Dad from Maurice, You are very nice to me. You helped me with my homework and my book reports and other stuff. I love you because you made me. You taught me math and you taught me how to read a book. You are very cool. Now this is this is also he tried to write the rest special. We couldn't get the iPhone. <laughs> he scratched it out. <laughs> he scratched special out. <laughs> and wrote <more> cool. 
You're very cool to me, and I'm happy to be with you and Dad. I love you and Dad because you taught me a lot of stuff at home. When I'm older, I'll be taller than you. Was this the adopted child? This is my biological. Okay. This is Maurice. When I'm older, I'll be taller than you, and you'll be the short one, and I will not. Well, I'm looking up here now, right? <laughs> he says, but you will still be my mom, and you too, Dad. Bye-bye. Now, I truly believe that but is, I'm going home to Big Papa, but used to be my earthly parents. Bye-bye. And this bye-bye is not B-U-Y, not B-Y-E. This is B-Y-B-Y. That's the bye in passing. We'll see each other again. Bye and bye. Wow. See, this is the Holy Spirit. He wasn't finished. He finished that test early. He said, you and Dad are very cool because you and Dad play a lot. You and Dad have been together for 17 going on 18 years. That is good to me. Right there. He's 8 years old. He just went back 10 years before he was even born. You and Dad have been together for 18 years. How did he know that? He didn't. That's the Holy Spirit feeding him information. He says, I am happy for you too that you two are together. He wrote the word together here, together here, because so many parents separate and divorce at the death of a right. child, let alone children. And he was, like, he, was like, he was like, you guys better, you know, use together before I was gone, born. You better stay together after I'm gone. Because that makes me, he says, I am happy that you two are, what, together. So you could be, so you could be my mom and dad could be my dad. I am glad that I am with you two because you and dad are nice and cool and happy. You two are the best parents that you could ever have. Bye bye. When I read that letter, my husband sitting here, Maurice is standing in front of us. He had these huge tears coming down. Since his brain aneurysm, he's so emotional. So he got up to go get a tissue. And I was standing there holding Maurice's hands. I said, Maurice, do you know what this is? And he looked up at me with his big, brown, beautiful eyes, and he said, it's a letter, mama. <laughs> <laughs> I said, Maurice, this is a love letter. He said, oh, my first love letter? <laughs> I said, I hope so. You're only eight years old. <laughs> so I saw you looking at the little girl next door. <laughs> I said, Maurice, thank you so much for writing down your feelings. We love you too. And I love your letter so much, I'm going to buy two frames and I'm going to frame your letter. He says, wait a minute, Mommy, wait a minute, buy three frames, then I'm going to write you another one. The Holy Spirit must have whispered in his ear, oh, your mama going to need some more help. So Maurice being obedient, ran to his room, came back about 10 minutes later with his second letter addressed to dear mom. And this letter says, dear mom from Maurice. Mom, you're the best mom you could ever have. If I got to choose a mom, I would choose you. Because you are very, very cool to me. You are very, very smart to me. You are very good with kids like me. Because we have a lot of foster children in and out of our home. I'm glad to be here with you on earth. That's why I would choose you. The mom that I got and I have is very cool and very fun in his third set of bye-bye. Wow. Daniel, you've never written me any letters <laughs> before. Where are my letters? No, no, let me tell you something about that. When my daughter, when my daughter went to college, I said, don't send me no letters. <laughs> they all said, return to senders. No That's letters, great. no more. <laughs> and, and, 
I was when I came back from Japan. The first thing I when I went to my dresser with this letter was underneath the mirror, and I read it for everybody in the house. Everybody couldn't believe how profound it was. Just what a God connection, as if He knew, but the Holy Spirit knew. I was preparing Him, and. The Thursday before their double memorial service, I was standing in my kitchen, I was praying, I was crying, I was praying, dear God, thank you so much for Maurice's letter. It's truly the reason I can stand right here with my mind still intact. But I need to know that Roger was at peace, amen? I need to know that Roger was also visited by the Holy Spirit. God, I need to know that you are in control of this hot mess. Yeah. And God laid one word on my heart and he said, search. Ever get God the side eye? <laughs> what you talking about, God? And at this point in time, my husband is still in the hospital from the brain injury. He had a concussion. And friends, family, neighbors are all soon my home. I mean, it was so many people in my house. I didn't even know half of them because, you know, they were in the second and third grade. They couldn't, his classmates couldn't come by themselves. They, you know, the parents and they had siblings. So my house was full. It was so many people downstairs. I couldn't look under the cushions. So I went upstairs to Maurice and Roger's room. I started going through the books on the shelves, the clothes in the closet. I took their backpacks, I emptied them in the middle of the floor. I searched my house over three hours that afternoon and I didn't find anything I prayed, trusted, and believed for. But as only as God can create it, as only as God can orchestrate it, that very evening was open house in my children's elementary school. Now my girls, they needed some normalcy in their life and their friends on the block was going to open house. So I said, you know what? We're gonna go to open house as well. And we left a house full of people because they wouldn't leave, so we left. And we went to Angela's fifth grade class, we went to Angelina's fourth grade class, and all their classmates wrote us these hand condolences, love letters and poems. I mean, it literally took me months just to emotionally read these boxes of love. And somehow we made it out of there and we went to Maurice's third grade class. And when I walked in, this hush just came across the room. The parents didn't know what to say to me, and frankly, I did not know what to say to them. But the children just circled around me because they wanted to tell me how much they loved and already missed their friend Maurice. And they couldn't comprehend someone on their own eye level passing away. And Maurice's sweater was still hanging on the back of his chair. And they were so protective of his belongings, they wouldn't let anybody touch his desk. And it was a healing time for all of us. And I don't know how we made it out of there. Well, they, I think they turned the lights off. <laughs> but somehow we made it out of there. We went to Roger's second grade class. And I spoke to Mrs. Blacks and his teacher for a little bit. And I asked like all the other parents did, what did my son do for open house? Two weeks before the car crash, Mrs. Blassie had given all of her second graders all kind of arts and craft supplies and simply said, do something for open house, your parents are coming, with no other instructions. But God designed this opportunity for Roger to leave his goodbye letter. Now all their projects were stapled to the wall. And this was Roger's, stapled to the wall. I took it down. I opened it up and it says, I have a big backyard and a big house. And I said, wait a minute, wait a minute, stop right there because we actually have the smallest backyard in the block. <laughs> but I had to realize when he wrote this, he was in transition mode. He, now, he was referring to his heavenly home where he does have a big backyard and he does have a big house. And on the right side of his home description, he cut out a tombstone. And on this tombstone, he wrote three powerful words. He wrote, dead men joy. 
And this is an eight-year-old boy using the word men. But men is the pronoun for all of us because God is all-inclusive. Yes. But God also wants to have a personal relationship with you. So he had Roger to draw a picture of himself beneath those words on a tombstone two weeks before he passed away. Dead men joy. Yes. Wow. And then on the opposite side of that home description, he cut out a second tombstone. And on this one, he wrote the words, dead men jams, and drew a picture of his brother Maurice. Because Maurice is always dancing, jamming around the house. Hmm. Wow. And I almost fell to my knees as I praised God for being so good to me. Because remember, I had just prayed hours early that day. God, I need to know that Roger's at peace. And this is what God gave me. Dead and I joy. always say, dead men joy, dead men jam. jam. So, so my sons are joyfully jamming yes. with Jesus. Amen. <laughs> this is an amazing story. Okay, so Angela, she's she's been busy. <laughs> she's been very busy. Um, tell us about your book. My book is titled Miracles in Action, Turning Pain into Power and Grief into Peace. And what, how this came about was while I was writing their memorial program, God said, Angela, yes, their letters were written to soothe your soul, but more importantly, to share. And that's when the arguments began. <laughs> oh, what I'm not going to do. <laughs> Everyone tell God what you're not going to do. <laughs> because it was too hard grieving this, let alone speaking about it. Every time somebody asked me, and for six months I walked in disobedience. But during that time, I couldn't eat, I couldn't sleep, I was uncomfortable. You know when you're walking in disobedience, it does not feel good. And finally, and I gave God a laundry list why I couldn't, shouldn't, wouldn't. And finally, when he wouldn't, he wouldn't hear none of it. Six months later, I woke up. I said, I surrender all. God, use me as you choose to. And at that time, I had 15 years in the Air Force. I said, God, if you allow me to stay in the military for another five years, allow me to put my uniform back on and stay in the military for another five years, I will retire at 20 and dedicate my life to sharing your amazing testimony. God granted me that strength. I retired out of March a Reserve Base in California. And during that time, I wrote my autobiography, Miracles in Action. And, um, now I speak at different churches, retreat, conference, women's fellowships, wherever God, book clubs, wherever God brings me. But I noticed you had some more stuff. You have Miracles in Action. Of, it looks like a children's book. I do, I do. I wrote this children's book titled Miracles in Action, Never oh, Too so Young. Beautiful. And that's never too young to be used by God because my sons were eight years old. And each one of them listened. And more important than they listened, they obeyed. Wow. The Holy Spirit and wrote these beautiful, the foundation to my ministry of these letters which God allowed them to write. And so, and, and this last thing. And this is the documentary to my um, to my testimony. I was speaking at this conference and it was a conference for, for speakers and authors. And we had a panel and of men and there was a producer. Can you imagine a room full of people and you say you're a producer, okay? <laughs> <laughs> when he came off that, off that stage, he was swamped. And because I was a speaker, I was I couldn't stand in line. So I gave him my brochure and I left. And the next day he called me, he says, Angela, this testimony is absolutely amazing. I want to talk to you about turning your book into a documentary film. Wow. And so I said yes and here's so a documentary. Who did that? Film. Who produced it for you? His name is Evan Money. 
and he was a he's a producer and we produced this this document we produced them this the book into this in this film. But God gave me a vision of a movie. And so it's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be good. It's gonna be really good. Okay, so lastly Tell people how they can get in touch with you. Tell them how they can get these books. Yes. And you can get these books from my website at miraclesinaction.com. M-I-R-A-C-L-E-S in action. I-N-A-C-T-I-O-N.com. I want to thank you so much for being on the show. This has just been over a little overwhelming. <laughs> I mean, with emotions. And so, I mean, I can't imagine what you've been through, but you're standing and you're smiling and you're sharing, you're giving back and you're testifying and they overcame yes. by the word of their testimony, yes. the blood of the lamb. And so this is an amazing story. I wish you blessings and I hope I, I'm going to be looking for that movie. Okay. And so okay. I, I, I bless you in the name of Jesus and thank you for being on the show. My pleasure and my assignment. Yes.